Thank you so much for joining me on the Rise, Unwind, and Ungrind podcast. My name is Jesse Whitus, and I am your host. In this episode, episode number five, we will be discussing setting healthy work boundaries. So we're going to be talking about types of boundaries, especially in regards to the workplace. We are going to be talking about who we can set boundaries with, why setting them is so difficult for some of us, but why it is really important to try to do so, and specific actions that you can take to create and honor them, not only yours, but other people's as well. So what exactly is a boundary? It is a mental, physical, or emotional limit that you communicate with an expectation to be respected. These limits are created in order to protect yourself from being used in an unhealthy way. We typically talk about boundaries in familial, friendship, and romantic relationships, but they're not talked about in workplace relationships as much as they should be. So who can we set boundaries with? It truly does not matter what position in the hierarchy structure of your workplace that you hold. Boundaries can and should be communicated and respected by all individuals. But there seems to be this general consensus among workers that setting a boundary with their employer would be seen as insubordinate. But that's absolutely not the case. In fact, I believe that this is the very thought process that has allowed people in positions of power to take advantage of people under them. People in managerial positions feel like they can treat their employees however they want, rather than working as a cooperative unit. So basically, the biggest problems we're seeing is the lack of respect that employers show towards their workers and the workers having trouble setting the boundaries in the first place. So we're going to be talking about those mostly. And I'd like to read you a couple of really interesting workplace statistics that are indicative of there's obviously some need for co-working or personal boundaries that need to be set. 38% of workers state that their employer makes it nearly impossible for employees to enjoy a healthy work-life balance. A 2016 study from Wakefield Research reported that 69% of Americans refuse to take sick days, even when it is direly needed. In a 2019 study conducted by Udemy, of managers and 46% of workers feel pressured to work through lunch. And 66% of employees have either witnessed bullying from others or report experiencing it themselves in the workplace. According to Mother Jones magazine, 50% of workers check their email on the weekends, 46% check it on sick days, 34% check emails on vacation, and 22% are respected to respond to their emails even when not at work. And there was a lot more alarming statistics than this, but these were by far some of the most alarming ones that I came across. So I put out a forum on my social media asking people to tell me their personal experiences with setting boundaries and if using them worked or not. 
And if they didn't work, I asked them why they believe they did not. And here are some interesting responses that I received. A social worker responded saying that boundaries with the children and families that she works with are extremely important in her line of work, especially because of the delicate nature of her job. Holding herself accountable and not bringing work home is also imperative, physically in the sense of doing work after hours, but more so mentally and drawing the line between work time and personal time. However, she has a hard time saying no, as she classifies herself as a natural helper. She typically says yes when she should be saying the opposite. And I asked her how she felt doing that impacted her. She said that she feels good about helping out someone else, but her stress levels definitely increase around her job overall when she does. An engineer responded about her experience at an automobile startup. She said she stood her ground in setting boundaries of time with her employers. She worked 60-hour weeks, but was still expected to come to in-person meetings on the weekends. She completed her work on time and continually took on other projects, but was chastised for calling into weekend meetings rather than coming and being at them in person. So it's very clear that this company did not respect the line between personal and professional life. She said that the hardest boundary to determine, even after 10 years in this industry, is what is considered a reasonable request from others. She says, quote, what can I say no to? What do I have to complete? There's a lot of nuance, not only in the workforce in general, but also at each individual company that takes some time to learn. A research assistant who was in a graduate program talked about her boss contacting her at inappropriate hours. The lead professor would still contact her during after hours. I'm talking as late as 2 a.m. Even during a period of a family emergency that the boss was aware of. This family emergency was her partner being in and out of the hospital for several weeks. If the research assistant didn't email back promptly, she would then receive a text from her boss. When reflecting on the position she currently holds, she says they're a lot more cooperative. She says, quote, My amazing team understands if I don't respond right away because they want to ensure that work-life balance is maintained. At my previous position, I tried to set boundaries, but it was drilled into me that if I didn't make work my life, then I would not succeed. It was such a toxic environment that I gave up on my health and my happiness. My position that I hold now is a day and night difference from where I was. Me personally, I have not had much success in having boundaries respected by my coworkers or my management, especially in my last job. For example, they expected that we worked every single weekend, even after giving them many hours of my time and effort during the week. And on the weekends that I finally got to stay home and relax physically, my brain couldn't turn off. I was usually getting some type of call or text from a manager that was asking about something that wasn't an emergency. In other words, it could have waited until Monday morning. And this resulted in me being amped up and almost expecting someone to bother me during the weekend. 
If they didn't, I was pleasantly surprised, but overall it still took a toll on my mental health because my brain was never able to get out of what I like to call work mode. And my customers were taking advantage of this too because they knew that I needed their business. So they would take whatever they could get out of me and they'd threaten me if I didn't comply. So the alcohol sales world involves a lot of bribing, which besides the fact that it's totally illegal, it crosses personal boundaries. So I would have instances of customers trying to make me do their work or get them something for free. And when I pushed back, I would get met with a phrase such as, well, I guess you're not going to get that display that we talked about. And the extremely unfortunate part of this was that the management at my company actually encouraged the compliance rather than telling us to stick up for ourselves or to take it to a higher authority or getting involved themselves. So I was starting to feel the effects of burnout and resentment towards my job. And I tried drawing some lines in the sand with my boss, but he didn't listen. Every time he put more work on me, I told him I was already overwhelmed with the extra things I was doing for him. I couldn't take any more on my plate. And I was always met with some type of dismissive comment, usually along the lines of, but look how much money you're making, dude. Or come on, man, I know you're competent. I know you can handle it. I need you. So let's talk about why it's difficult to do so sometimes. I'll admit, I haven't always been the best at setting boundaries with others, and I think it's because I'm a people pleaser to an extent, which, shoot, that could be a whole nother podcast episode in itself. Maybe it's because I've tried, not only in workplace relationships, but personal ones, and they haven't been respected. And I know that I'm not alone in that feeling. But the older I get... The more experience I gain, the better I am getting about sticking up for myself. But what about boundaries with ourselves? This is something that I still really struggle with, and I know that I'm not alone. Just this past week, I started experimenting with time blocking. If you don't know what time blocking is, it's basically taking certain times and blocking it for specific things. It's just being intentional with your time. So... On a seven-day week basis, I was creating blocks, certain times dedicated to work, podcast, personal upkeep, general life maintenance, and free time. This Wednesday, this past Wednesday, I blocked off as kind of a half podcast production day and a half rest day because I haven't had a day off in a while. But guess what I ended up doing? I worked on my podcast for maybe one hour and I filled the rest with real estate meetings and follow-up. So, so much for respecting a personal boundary for a day of rest, right? I also really want to talk about technology and how it has thrown a monkey wrench in for all of us when it comes to setting boundaries with others and ourselves. We live in a day and age where it is so hard to physically and mentally separate ourselves from work because we walk around with little computers in our pockets all day with so much access to applications and notifications and connections to people that are demanding immediate time and energy from us. And that's just been worsened by the COVID-19 pandemic with the whole work from home life that a lot of people were forced to adopt 
to keep their businesses and services up and running. One concept that I had never heard of before researching for this episode was Zoom fatigue. Never heard of this, but when I read about it, I'm like, oh my God, I've experienced that. So Zoom fatigue is anxiety you feel before and during a Zoom call and the exhaustion that you experience after it because it involves so much preparation, both physical and mental. And this can be exacerbated when employees require that people turn on their webcams, basically to watch them and make sure that they're paying attention. I understand that Zoom was an amazing tool for people to continue conducting business when it was unsafe to do so in person, but it has blurred a lot of lines for folks regarding boundaries. A lot of employers have been holding way more meetings than usual before the use of Zoom and requiring that people be on meetings that is not necessary for them to be on. And just because people are available doesn't mean they're free which this leads me to the final segment of this episode, which are steps that you can take to create and honor boundaries. All right, so I've got five tips for you to create and honor boundaries for yourself and for others. Number one, create and compare. Ken Blanchard, who is a best-selling author and business consultant, suggests creating a list So actually ask your boss to create a list, and you do it too, yourself, separately from each other, of things that you think you and your position should be accountable for. Get together, compare the lists, and see what the discrepancies are, and talk about what in those lists take priority. Once you get to that point, negotiate those priorities. I believe that this is a great exercise because it shows your boss that you want to be cooperative, but it also gives you some meat behind your boundaries because you have a paper trail now of what the expectations are. So every time in the future your boss tries to exceed those, you can always reference back your list that you made and that you both agreed on. Number two is communicate clearly. Sometimes people actually just aren't aware that they're crossing a boundary. So actually defining your expectations in writing or in a meeting to your team members is needed. Maybe your co-manager doesn't mind taking calls at all hours of the day or night, but you don't. And maybe people don't know that. A Forbes article referencing this point says, quote, If you don't wish to be contacted on vacation unless it's an emergency, make sure to clearly outline what constitutes an urgent matter. When a boundary gets violated, address it immediately. It's better to reinforce your limits in the moment than to wait. I know that enforcing boundaries can be hard for some of us, but it makes it easier for people to respect them if they're clearly communicated in the first place. Because again, what might be okay for one person is not okay for another. And then at that point, people are unsure. If you have some type of reference for them to go back to when they're thinking about contacting you, this could help them and you in the long run. So number three, we have pause. 
This one is my favorite and one that I've been using a lot more because I have such a habit of agreeing to things outright. Even if I say something like, yeah, you know, I should be able to make that work. A lot of people take that as a hard yes rather than a maybe. Actually pausing and taking some time before responding an immediate yes or sure is imperative. Look through your schedule to see if you have some type of conflict or if you know you're going to be really overwhelmed at the time that this request is taking place. And then use some type of neutral comment such as, I will check my calendar and get back with you. Or, I can't agree to that at this time since I have previous obligations, but I will update you if that changes. Both of those things are completely fine things to say. And it also keeps others from taking advantage of you and just assuming that you will say yes to anything that they request of you. I want to make a note, expect some pushback once you start to implement this boundary. Don't let anyone gaslight you into agreeing to something that you do not have the capacity to handle just because you've done it in the past. Number four, take your time. And by this, I mean take your time that you are allowed off. If you have vacation time, use it. If you have sick time, use it. There's not really much to be said here other than you should do it. But I know this one is a little easier said than done because for me personally, every time I took a vacation or a sick day and I had someone cover for me, I had 10 times the amount of work to do when I got back, either fixing mistakes or doing things that simply were not attended to. This could be something that you could bring up in a list, referencing back to point one, to your boss or your team. How is work delegated when somebody is absent? And number five, use technology. I know I've said multiple times in this episode how technology can have a ton of cons when it comes to the workplace, especially regarding boundaries, but we can also use it to our advantage. Use a shared calendar software to let your team know when you will be free or when you won't be. Use away or do not disturb messages on apps to alert others when you're not available to talk. One of the simplest ones is, hey, I'm away from the office, please contact this person at this number or email in case of an emergency. Set it up as an automatic text or email response. A helpful tip, do not set an expectation for people that you will respond by a certain time. Everyone knows that usually when you get back to work, you have a lot of things to take care of and you have to get back into the working mindset. And when you get back from an absence, some things take priority over others. So don't say that you will get back to them at a certain time. To hold a technology boundary for yourself, don't check your group chats or emails when you're sick or on vacation. Seriously, like delete those applications if the temptation is too high. For me, I've actually considered getting a pay-as-you-go phone and letting everyone in my personal and professional life know that I will be having one day a week where I do not check my phone and I don't even have it on me. I won't be working. I'm still experimenting with what day that's going to be. I'm pretty sure it's going to be a Wednesday. But 
only a select number of people will have that number. My family, a couple of close friends, and maybe someone at my office that I know for a fact will respect that boundary of only contacting me when it is an emergency. I will clearly establish what constitutes an emergency. This way, I am not sucked back into my smartphone for anything work-related or any other time waster on a day that I need to unplug and relax. So, I want to make a note that there's something to be said about knowing when to call it quits. Knowing when a certain culture isn't a right fit for you and it is out of your hands as far as changing the mentality and the structure there. You certainly can and are encouraged to try to implement these practices with yourself and with your coworkers, your clients, and employers. But if they are continually dismissed or disregarded, it might be time to try to make a switch to a healthier employer or a career that will more fit into your values. We still have a long way to go as a society as far as valuing a healthy work-life balance. I hope you found this episode and especially the tips that I gave helpful. I hope that you will do a short reflection on boundaries in your life, either a situation that you're dealing with in the past or maybe currently, and you will think about ways to implement these tips in your work life. And please reach out to me. Let me know how it went. I'd love to hear from you. As always, thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to the podcast. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Rise Unwind Ungride Podcast. You can send me a message on any of these platforms or email me at riseunwindungrind at gmail.com. As with any special project, there are costs of time and money associated with making this podcast. If it is within your financial means to do so, please consider making a donation on patreon.com. Any donation, whether small or large, is appreciated all the same. The best way to help this podcast is by spreading it by word of mouth. If you find any of the episodes interesting or helpful, the best way is to tell your friends about it and share it on social media. Special thanks to my friends for supporting this endeavor and for Kimberly Eddy with Thoughts and Designs web design for the graphics and Avery Black from Routine Fuss for the intro music. Your support in this endeavor is greatly appreciated. I am sending you peace, healing energy, and good vibes your way. Please remember to prioritize your health and your energy. Thanks again for joining me, and I'll see you next time.